This is a Soulfire production. Welcome back to A Sharper Life. I am your host, Nikki Sharp. And today I wanted to talk about a subject that I get asked about often. And that is, why can't I lose weight? And so in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the five unusual reasons why you can't lose weight. And I think this is a really important topic. One, because we're also in a, in a day and age where it's almost like you're not allowed to talk about wanting to lose weight. And while for me personally, that's not my goal, I have clients all the time that come and even if it's five pounds, even if it's 20 pounds or more, the thing about losing weight is that you're hopefully doing it to make yourself feel more confident. And so that's kind of, it goes into the whole body positivity movement for me in the sense that I think people should be allowed to say that they want to lose weight. And I think that more importantly than that, you should have a really good understanding as to why you cannot. And so as we go through this episode, I would like you just to contemplate and think about, do you do any of these five things that I talk about? Have you found yourself gaining weight during the pandemic and unable to take it off no matter what you try? And lastly, is there something that you have done differently than you have in the past that either worked or didn't work? And so these questions will hopefully just allow you to start to figure out times in your life when maybe you were able to lose weight really quickly, or maybe it wasn't even about the weight. It's that you were feeling joyful and happy and the weight just fell off. And so this also goes into play with my episode. I talked about five things that I wish that the health industry talked about that they don't because there's so many different layers as we have the human body. And so losing weight, feeling good, feeling confident, it's not always just about calories in, calories out, and you're going to see why. And so without further ado, let's jump straight in. So Number one reason, and these are not necessarily in order, but they are all very important. So the number one thing right now is stress. And I want to go into this a little bit with the sympathetic versus the parasympathetic nervous system. So the sympathetic nervous system is what we call fight or flight or even freeze. It's when, let's say, you know, someone breaks into your house and you get that shock, the... <gasps> And your body literally tenses up. You can get a text message from someone, right? From a friend that you don't like, or you can get a, get in a fight with your partner or even receive a bad grade and your body tenses up and it's a physical response. So when we're in the sympathetic nervous system, our digestion is the first thing to shut off, meaning all of the energy needs to go to either we need to hide and be quiet so that the prey or whatever it is because of our prehistoric mind, doesn't attack us. And at the other side, maybe we need to run like hell. And so our body literally goes into, okay, what do I need to do? And it's a very automatic response. So it's an automatic nervous response. And with that, here's what's very interesting about the sympathetic nervous system. Most people are living in this nervous system all the time. So if your cell phone goes off and dings and chimes and is constantly, you know, notifications and you're getting WhatsApp and text and Instagram and Facebook and emails all the time and ding, 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 it actually sets your body off in a sympathetic nervous system, in that fight or flight, even if it's just a text message. 
And so that's really important to realize that we are literally living in our sympathetic nervous system all the time. And I remember I went to the movie theater to go see the new Bond movie when it came out. And this was still during sort of the pandemic. And it was the first movie that I'd seen in maybe a year and a half. And because we'd all all been at home and things had been more calm and you know hadn't been going out to bars where there was loud noises, I actually, my body physically couldn't handle the loudness that I, I plugged my ears for the majority of the movie. And that's because my body's gotten so used to being in this rest and digest or this parasympathetic. And so as I talk about this, I would like you to think in your life, do you feel like you're constantly in reactive mode where it's you get a text message and, oh my God, I need to respond now. Or you get an email, oh my God, or your to-do list is always building up. So that's going to keep you in the sympathetic nervous system. On the opposite hand, we have the parasympathetic nervous system. And how this plays into stress and why it makes it so you can't lose weight is because the parasympathetic nervous system is rest and digest. It's when your body is at a calm state of being and you can take a breath, right, and let it out before you eat. So the sympathetic nervous system, I see people walking down the street eating sandwiches. You're in your sympathetic nervous system by doing that. There's cars going there's a light, and you're not even present to the food you're eating. When you're in your parasympathetic nervous system, it's where you're sleeping better. It's where you can sit down with a knife and fork during lunch and actually take a break and eat your food. And so the rest and digest means that all of the energy goes to the stomach to help digest and assimilate the nutrients. And so why stress plays such a big factor in people not being able to lose weight is because we're always in our sympathetic nervous system. And especially if you watch the news, the news is meant to keep you in a fear-based place. Fear puts you in sympathetic nervous system. And so what happens then, and I i mean, God, I could go into this for a whole episode, which maybe I will. What happens when we're in our sympathetic nervous system and we're constantly you know, bombarded with text messages and dinging and car horns and, oh my God, that person did that. We go into kind of gossip mentality or fear mentality, and that keeps our body in a constant state of stress, which means you're not digesting the food. And then even if you're eating the right thing, if you're in a place of stress, you will not digest the food. It sits in your body, goes to the bowels, it either comes out or it doesn't, but you're definitely not getting the nutrients. Like let's say you eat a beautiful salad with all these different colors and lots of textures and you look and you're like, man, that looks really good. But you're so stressed about your day and you're sitting in front of your laptop, your body's not going to digest it. And so it might end up just sitting in your colon. And then you get more constipated and bloated. And then when we have constipation and even ongoing bloating and gas bubbles getting stuck, it affects everything from your sleep to your skin. You can get dark circles under your eyes. And so Stress is literally one of the most important things to think about. And I talked about this in my episode, answering your travel questions, that when it comes to traveling, one of the biggest things about not gaining weight is that you actually are in a more calm state of mind, typically, right? You're like out and exploring, at least for me, this is the case. And I'm having fun and I'm listening to my body. So when we're in a sympathetic nervous system or that fight or flight, we are, we're craving foods, right? We want things. We want saltier, sweet, and we, 
We need it now. We don't have that kind of filter to turn things off. We're not aware of our hunger signals. So hunger signals, when you have physical hunger, it comes slowly. You can kind of gauge it one to 10, 10 being like, oh, probably should have eaten when I was at like a seven. Emotional hunger comes on rapidly. And emotional hunger comes on typically when we're in that sympathetic nervous system. So how do you get over it? How do you deal with the sympathetic nervous system and getting yourself to that that calm state? Well, first, taking deep breaths. You have heard it over and over and over again. Meditation is key. And I'm going to go a step further and say, if you're someone like, I can't meditate, I don't know how to do it, then you take a deep breath. And I personally love this one. It's called the four by four breath. And I like to visualize a little stick figure walking up as I breathe in four, then you hold it for four. And I walk, I picture him walking across and then he goes down as I exhale for four. And then I hold it and he goes, he walks across the screen for four. And you do that four times. And if you can't do that, guess what? You take a breath like this. You can drop down into your parasympathetic super quickly. 90 seconds. If you do breathing 90 seconds, you actually drop yourself in there. So that's like why if you're having a panic attack, people say, breathe, 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 because that drops us into that parasympathetic nervous system. The other thing is if you're eating lunch at your computer and you don't break away, my love, please just give yourself five minutes. You deserve it. Your work is not more important than your health. So reason number two is sleep. And here's the thing. It's not just about the sleep. We can talk about sleep quality. Are you getting REM sleep? So REM sleep is where it's rapid eye movement. We have it for about 90 minute chunks. And that's where we have our deep dreaming. That's where we have that rest, restoration. And so it is really, really important that you are getting deep sleep. But here's the thing that people do. They either have caffeine too late in the day or you're checking your phone right before you go to bed. And it's so easy. And I'm guilty of it too. Sitting there scrolling, right? It's so easy to do. Think about a little kid. And those of you who have kids, you'll you'll understand what I'm saying. When a little kid is tired, it literally puts up a fight not to go to sleep, right? If you're like trying, it's like, no, I don't want to. That's kind of what we do as adults with our bodies when it's sleep time. It's like, I don't want to go to bed. So you sit there and you scroll. The problem is that when we scroll and we're on our phone, we have the blue light, both from computers, from TVs, and from cell phones. And the blue light messes with your melatonin production. Melatonin, it's what helps us fall into that deeper state of rest. And so if we're on our phone, or let's say you wake up, you can't sleep, and what do you do? You reach for your phone first thing. Well, it's going to make it so that you're not getting that quality sleep. And why is sleep so important? It helps our cells literally to rejuvenate overnight. It's the human body is magical, but we're not giving the body the opportunity to do this rest and regeneration on a cellular level because we're on our phone, because we're stressed out, we're worrying about things. Even those of you who get up religiously at, let's say, five o'clock and you're like, I need to get up and I need to work out and I need to meditate and I need to do these things. If you are someone who is using the word need, I need to do this, I can already tell that you are in your sympathetic nervous system. You're already in that monkey mind. I need to. You don't need to do anything. You get to. 
But here's the thing and how it impacts your sleep is that if you are needing to do these things, right? And you need to get up and you need to work out. It's causing more stress on your body. And what happens when we have more stress? Well, our mind goes a little bit crazier and we start thinking. And so this is another thing that contributes to a lack of sleep is that your mind is like, you know, all of the thoughts. And so what do you do to combat that? Well, I always say to clients, get a journal. And there's a thing called morning pages, which is you write it down in the morning. It just whatever comes up. I think it's really important to do this at night too, just to allow the mind to know that it's okay. The thoughts you're having are okay, but we want to just get them out from the mind onto the paper. Like if you have a big to-do list, you write it down. If you wake up and you can't sleep, here are the things I do. Firstly, if I know that I'm like tired and I don't think I'm going to be able to sleep, I take CBD oil. I also sometimes will take melatonin or valerian, not every night though. And then if I know that I just like have a really busy day, I write out what's on my mind right before I go to bed. You also want to make sure that you have low lighting in your bedroom. Your bedroom should feel like a sanctuary. Like walking in, you should have sexy mood lighting and candles and a lavender spray and sheets that you like and you enjoy. Your bed should be comfortable. It should be cooler in your bedroom when you're sleeping. And you write, you have a little journal. And guys, I'm speaking to you too. It doesn't need to be, you're not like, you know, writing dear diary. It's just, you're getting the thoughts out from the head. And if you wake up in the middle of the night, and sometimes this happens to me, instead of, for me at least, turning on the light because of my partner, I'll actually take my journal and I'll leave and I'll go to another room, put on low lighting, and I write what's on my mind just to get it out of the mind onto paper. And then I can come back and worry about it tomorrow. And then sometimes I have a Kindle and I put it on like seven, which is the seven lighting, which is really low. And if I can't sleep, I will take my Kindle out and I start reading again. But the worst thing that you can do is, you know, put your phone on. So if you're addicted to your phone and hey, you know what? We all are. Then I always suggest to put your phone in another room. It could be even be in the hallway. And I remember when I lived in Paris, I had this beautiful Parisian apartment and I, for the life of me, could not get off my phone. So I put it on airplane mode and I put it in the hallway where I wasn't going to get all the dings and chimes. And then when the alarm went off, I had to get up and out of bed to turn it off. And so the other thing with that and sleep is not checking your phone first thing, taking five minutes to just journal or to breathe or to go outside for a walk. That's going to help impact your sleep a lot. So number three, is eating the wrong foods or too much quantity. And so you might be thinking, hey, of course I'm healthy, Nikki. I'm, I'm eating the right things. It's so interesting to me that when I ask people, do you eat healthy? If I ask you this question right now, do you eat healthy? 99.9% of the time people say, yeah, pretty healthy. When in fact, here's what's kind of hard for me, at least teaching wellness is that we have been lied to, right? And we've been told all of these different things, like all the food products in, in the grocery store. I am always shocked that the food section, the real food section is tiny. That's where you get your fruits and vegetables and, you know, pretty much that fruits and vegetables. And then you have like your meat section and eggs. And they're just so you know, they're always on the outer perimeter of a store because then the rest of the store, yes, you think you have things like 
nuts and seeds and lentils and, and quinoa and things like that. But you kind of have to go searching for them. And they typically don't have these flashy labels. And here's why you have been deceived when it comes to nutrition and, and eating the wrong foods. Because you read a label that says, you know, low calorie, low fat, nutrient dense or enriched, fortified. Basically, that means enriched and fortified means that they've taken the, the vitamins out and then through chemicals and processing and all of this, they've added them back in, but it's not the real vitamin. And so like vitamin D fortified milk is like, if you just had real raw milk, it's actually better for you. But that being said, so a lot of people don't know what to eat. And here's a few rules of thumb. If you cannot pronounce the ingredient, your body cannot digest it. And if your body cannot digest it, it means that you're just putting pure shit, crap into your body. And that's going to have an effect on you, on your skin, on your energy, on your weight. So if you can't pronounce it, it's not good for you. The second one is, does it have more than five ingredients? Because the more ingredients you put into something, the harder your body will digest it or the harder time. And so think about it this way. There's a lot of products out that say, you know, healthy, USDA approved, enriched and fortified vitamins. And then you look on the back of it and it has all of these colorings and they have E numbers and then they have things you can't pronounce and more than even 10 ingredients. That is a bomb for your body. Now, I'm not saying you can never have that. I'm saying we're trying to get to a place where there's more consciousness towards the food you eat. And unfortunately, you have to be the detective in your life. I'm here to guide you, to help you, to educate you. But at the end of the day, it's up to you. Like if you go and you start looking, I get hummus. I think you all know hummus is like my pure addiction. And we have this little corner store where I live. And then when I go to the grocery store, then I buy the organic one from the grocery store and it has like four ingredients. And the only preservative is citric acid. And then when I go to the corner store, it has all these extra little random ingredients and like preservatives and things like that. So just being aware. And the other thing too is you might be eating healthy or you might even be eating somewhat healthy, but you're eating too much, too big of portions. And there is a myth, a fallacy that you need to be eating breakfast, lunch, dinner, big portions, and two snacks. You don't. You need to be eating exactly what your own body needs. Not what I tell you, not what the diet industry tells you, but what your own body needs. How do you do this? Well, you start to check in with yourself to say, am I physically hungry? Like, is it a scale that I'm able to see it's going one to 10? Am I emotionally hungry? If you emotionally eat and you're already in your sympathetic nervous system, I told you, your, your body literally shuts down the digestion, right? So we don't want to eat when we're when we're in that emotional standpoint. So it's really just becoming aware of portion sizes. And the question that I always say is, how will I feel after this? Even if it's a salad, like a sweet green salad is too big of a portion for me to have in one sitting based on what I put on it. So how will I feel? Will this food or this meal make me feel light and energetic or heavy and full? Now we're taking away a lot of that I should, I shouldn't have it. No, just how will it make you feel? So number four is you go into fuck it mentality or the all or nothing. And we got to let go of the 
blame, shame, and guilt game. We got to let go of it. And what you choose to do in your life is your responsibility. It's not my responsibility to tell you how to eat. It's not my responsibility. If you're overweight and you can't lose it, you have to take responsibility for your own life. But here's what's cool. There's places like this podcast and and many other tools for you that will educate you. But you really have to go into, am I getting triggered by something? And what is my response? And what I mean by that is we all have the quote unquote fat days, right? We all have days where we feel bloated or gross or heavy, or we ate something like I, on a Saturday, it was my, well, it was my birthday Friday and my fiance and I stayed at the Four Seasons Surfside and we got burgers and oh my God, they were so good. But they were actually, there was too much meat on it. And I don't eat meat that often. I eat maybe once a month. And I actually had to cut it in half because I knew that that would make me feel too full. But I still felt a bit heavy afterwards. And because I've had eating disorders, I know my own body. And I know that if I'm in that mentality and I eat something and I feel heavy and full and we had fries and it was delicious, I know that if I do the same and I eat something heavier again the next night, I can go into a spiral really quick. So I knew that my next meal needed to be a lighter meal. And then I knew the next day I really wanted something green and fresh and a smoothie. And now I'm doing my five-day detox because I just feel good. I want to feel good. But I want to give you a little story because when I was going through my eating disorders, I would go into fuck it mentality like it was my job. And I know that you all get this because I get these questions all the time. And so I started getting to a point that was, I knew I was going to eat the pizza and I knew I was going to binge and I knew that I was going to go get the hummus and the chocolate and everything that I could get my hands on. And so I started asking myself, what do you really want right now? If you're going to binge, great, allow it. So I'm getting rid of the guilt and the shame and the blame. So I call this the beautiful binge. And I write about it in my second book, Meal Prep Your Way to Weight Loss. And a beautiful binge is basically where you get really in touch to say, okay, you know what? Cool. I'm going to binge. All right. But let's also change the language. I'm not going to binge. I'm just going to indulge in this thing. What do I really want? Instead of going and getting the the pizza, the cookies, the pasta, the this, the everything. And, you know, we typically binge in private. So we just got to be aware of that. The fuck it mentality happens more so when we're in private. And so for me, it was like, I really want pizza. Yum. I really want pizza. So I went to this pizza place called Abbott Kinney Pizza. And they have these huge kind of, you know, New York style slices. And I got three of them. And it's a lot. It's a lot of pizza. And I went home and I reheated them and I poured myself a glass of red wine. And I put them on a plate one by one. So I ate one and then the other two stayed in the the oven. I took a knife and fork. I put on a movie. I lit a candle. So now I have taken what would have been a all or nothing fuck it moment. And I've turned it into a beautiful binge. And I was able to enjoy it. I still ate all three slices and they were delicious. But I had less guilt the next day. And because I was in a more calm place, right? I wasn't in my my sympathetic nervous system of, oh my God, I shouldn't be doing this. I was in more relaxed, enjoying a glass of wine with it. So I call it a beautiful binge. Slowly, I stopped binging because I was giving myself permission to have something that I shouldn't have. And by very nature of that, I no longer really wanted to have these things 
in that same way. So now I can enjoy pizza with my fiance. And I mean, I enjoy every last bite of it, but I also know that I'm not going to go binge on pizza anymore. So getting out of the fuck it mentality, you do that by what's called the beautiful binge and getting out of the guilt, shame, and blame game. So number five is that you think that you're being healthy. So this is different than number three about your, you think you're eating the right foods, but you think that you're being healthy or you think that you're working out when in reality, you're doing walks two times a week. And I have had clients like this where they come to me and they say, I don't understand why I can't lose weight. And I always say, well, let's talk about the exercise because your body does need cardiovascular movement to to move the cardiovascular system. That's also why a body brush is great. It helps the lymphatic drainage system. So we're just using little tools. Think about this podcast is I'm giving you a toolbox and I'm filling that toolbox up that hopefully you take at least one thing and you put it into practice. So it's just interesting because when people say, oh, I'm eating healthier. Oh yeah, of course I'm exercising. Well, are you really? Are you doing the right sort of exercise? Like if you're going to the treadmill for 60 minutes and that's all you're doing, you're not actually toning your muscles. And your muscles are the thing that helps you to burn more calories because of the density. And I'm not going to go into it too much, but I used to do that. I was a slave to the treadmill and I did not have as good of a body. Now I do 20 to 25 minute workouts, sort of high intensity bar Pilates, and I go for runs. Those are like my two favorite thing. I mix it up. I sometimes do yoga and This vessel, the physical body has never been in as good shape. Funny enough, the less exercise I did, but that's because it's about quality. I'm doing the exercises I know work for my body. If I was just going for a walk two times a week and I'm stressed out while I'm doing it, I'm probably not going to lose the weight that I want to. And so what I find really interesting too is a lot of women who come to me for coaching they're like, I can't lose weight. I'm like, okay, let's let's walk through. And so when you work one-on-one with me, we text every day. So I have clients who send me food photos. And what I find so interesting about this is they'll start to nibble on the food that they give their kids. But then what I find even more interesting is that they give their kids food that nobody should be eating just because an industry has told you that it's healthy doesn't mean that it is. So now they're eating things that they give their kids that they wouldn't personally eat that have all these crappy ingredients. And so it's just becoming aware of when you think you're being healthy, but you're not really. And I wanted to read something quickly to you. So researchers at Cornell University discovered that when they took two groups of adults on a walk, one group was told they were just having fun. The other group was told that they were exercising. At an all-you-can-eat lunch that followed after, the latter group that was told they were exercising ate 35% more chocolate pudding. So that goes to show that when we tell ourselves these things that I should, I need to, versus enjoyment of things, we tend to then overdo it, which goes back to that all-or-nothing mentality. And so I really just encourage you with this last one to think about in your life, are you complaining that you can't lose weight? And I don't even want to say complaining. Do you feel like you can't lose weight and you're just not exercising? Or you're like, you know what? I go, I go to a Pilates class once a week 
So I want you to get really clear by asking yourself questions of how stressed am I? How's my sleeping habits? How are my eating habits? Am I eating at my desk? Am I skipping meals because I think that that's what's right? Or am I just not eating because I'm just not hungry today? Right? So there's a difference like when we fast. For me, I don't fast because I'm trying to lose weight. I fast purely based on if I'm not hungry, I'm just not going to eat because I listen to my body and I drink lots of water instead. Well, drinking lots of water has cleared my skin. It gives me energy. And so there's the rule of threes. And I find this so, so fascinating. You can last three minutes without air before you go brain dead. You can last three days without water before you die. And you can last over three weeks without food. But yet we seem to prioritize it completely backwards, which is I need food and then give me some some sort of liquid, which is typically like a milk or a chocolate milk or a soda or a fruit juice. No, you need water. And then we don't prioritize that breathing. As I said, it's, and even with me right now, as you're listening, put your hand on your stomach here. Okay, so I'm doing it with you. You put your hand on your stomach, shoulders back, and we're gonna take a deep breath through our nose and exhale with like you have a straw. So you breathe in through your nose, And exhale with a straw. That in of itself is more important than the food that you're eating. So I hope that you guys enjoyed today's episode. And if you did or you think that someone could benefit from it, please share it. I love, love, love hearing when you guys share the the episodes and the podcasts. And if you are really liking it, please leave a review. It helps to get this podcast out to more people. And I've been getting so many wonderful reviews or people saying, you know, how much they love it in my DMs. Please take a moment, give it a five-star rating and leave a little review of what you like. And also, I just wanted to share, this was so cool. I got a message on Instagram from a woman, from a a beautiful community member who said that her 22-year-old daughter, and she's 65, she said that we listen to your podcast together and we love them. And for me, that touches my heart because... It means that everything I'm sharing, it's applicable to everyone, to every age, race, gender, cultural, like wherever you are, whatever you're doing, these podcasts are meant to help you because we're all going through this weird human experience. And I'm just trying to shed light on how to make it a little bit more fun. So if you have any questions, if you want to share a review with me that you did, please hit me up at Nikki Sharp on Instagram. And until next week, here's to a sharper life.